Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb, and thank you for joining us here on our newest episode of the podcast with Coach Sean Davis. Coach Sean Davis, head coach at Sherwood High School in Maryland, who is a dude. A great uh, guy that I got to know through the State Coach Association and um, played a lot of baseball, come to find out, uh, against each other through Legion Baseball and through college and things like that. And um, but Coach Davis is, uh, has had a great career at Sherwood, and it's only, it's only beginning. Um, as he's got a 140 and 36 record, he's been four-time regional champion. He's been our Maryland State uh, District Coach of the Year for two, in 2016 and 2019, and um, it's only the beginning. He's only only getting started, but he's been an assistant coach at Sherwood. He's won a state champion there in 2010, 2010 as a state champion at Sherwood. He's been an assistant coach at Georgetown Prep, Rockville Express. He helped him get started. And um, just as a player, what he did at Frostburg, being all-time leader in hits, runs, at-bats, games played, you know, really made his mark. And um, at Shepherd, at Frostburg State University, excuse me. So, uh, but Sean is just a, a tremendous guy. Runs a great program, a full program. This is not a a spring season. This is a full program. He runs at Sherwood, so and he really dives into a lot of that. And you hear, you know, the the amount of care and the amount of passion he has for running a full program and he, he totally gets it so um there you're going to enjoy this one he talks get into culture we get into specific things he's doing in practice um game time decisions management talk about pick plays and and how he's putting a lot of these things in and just how they're utilizing a lot of new technology along with the the consistent staff he's had over 10 years and like we talked about in there like that's the one thing that i've heard you know, through this journey is the commonality, is the, the consistency of the staff. You know, consistency of the staff, it, it plays part, plays a huge part in um, running a great program, which he does. So, again, I want to thank Coach Coach Davis for taking some time here today and talking some great baseball, a great baseball guy, uh, and is a true baseball man. So, enjoy our conversation, and I hope it helps you get better. In a normal year, um, my kids know I, I post the practice plan on the, the window of the PE office at nine in the morning. So you'll kind of see traffic walking by. They're either looking at it, taking pictures of it, sending it to the group chat. And, you know, my thought and, and they like it, it kind of gets the wheels kind of start not taking mental reps, but they know they're going to be working on first and third defense or offense. They kind of have a good idea of what's going to be going on. Um, so now what I do since, you know, a lot of the kids are not in schools, I try to text it out. Obviously, it's posted in the dugout. But, you know, the kids the kids know our, our practices are planned out to the minute because um, we're all about, or I am, about pace, you know, not necessarily duration. If we can get in what we need to get done in, you know, two hours, I don't see the need to stretch it out. You know, you know a lot of times that last hour, especially when it's getting hot, starts to drag a little bit. So um, we definitely try to utilize technology. Um, we've got a hack attack. We've got an ATEC. We've got two jugs machines. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of baseballs, a lot of resources. So um, with our coaching staff, it's been great. They're all teachers, so they're all teaching virtually. So at the start of practice, when the boys roll in, there's there's six to eight adults, you know, ready to rock and roll. So, you know, even though I'm the head coach, I lean on my guys heavily. You know, if I'm taking the middle infielders, I need to trust that Coach Andre can take the catchers. You know, Coach Gimmel can take the corners. Coach Simons takes the outfield guys. So, you know, there's a lot of delegating. You know, I, I you know, I plan the practice, but as soon as it starts, 
you know, I have trust in my assistants and we're spread out in small groups and we're, we're rocking and rolling. So I feel like that's important. It's not just, you know, you run practices by yourself. It's tough. Um, so I've got a, a good coaching staff that I can lean on um, where we can spread the boys out and using the, uh, the technology and the equipment, you know, it's been, been pretty good, pretty effective. Yeah, man. That's, and I can tell you, it's just, that's just a telltale sign of a great program, you know, like just being fortunate enough to sit here and listen to some really great coaches like yourself and, there it's it's a it's just a common theme so it's pretty awesome man um like this dive in a little a couple more details i'm not sure that everybody thinks like hack attack oh yeah that you just drop the machine in there and just hit bp like what are some like really cool things you've seen now that that's you've been able to do um you know we utilize it for defense we honestly haven't used it for bp that much sometimes i'll set it up in the cage as the station to you know get loose um before the guys hit in the field we use it a little bit for the situational hitting um, on the side, slashes, squeezes, bunts, and stuff like that. Um, but we've gotten pretty creative. Like if you're taking BP rounds, um, we've uh, we've set up the hack attack on the mound, and you know before you take your round of eight, you put five sack bunts down, and it's not a sack bunt coming from a coach who's 35 feet away. You know it's a ball coming with pace, so it's a little bit more authentic. Um, we've set it up behind the turtle, so maybe as coaches are throwing BP, and we are doing that bunt period, we're firing fly balls to the infielders as guys are bunting. Um, just using it as another tool, you know, we talked before we got on the air about, you know, the, the coaches at Salisbury trying to, you know, make downtime effective, you know, so instead of having one guy bunt and 19 guys standing around watching, you know, we could have a guy bunting and we could be firing fly balls all around the field and getting, you know, fly ball communication done at the same time. Yeah, and there's fly balls off the hack attack, man. They're legit fly balls. <laughs> uh, the, the kids know anytime there's a windy day, they're going to walk <laughs> the gate and they're going to see that thing sitting on home plate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's I see. Like, I, I think that's so telling. Like I, it's funny when, you know, you have a problem. Like I've texted this a couple of times, like when it's a windy day and you're like, man, it's a great day for fly ball communication. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, I'm like, man, I got, I got a baseball problem. You know, like I just, that's, that's first thing that comes to mind. Like, man, it's, it could play, we could take some great fly mind, balls. It's great minds. <laughs> that's right, baby. But yeah. And then you get, then you put the hack attack on top of it. It shoots them, you know, 500 feet in the air, boy, all that. That's great stuff. Yeah. That's a lot of fun though, too, man. I, I just think even kids like just the challenge of it, you know, that's when I start to see kids just relish in the challenge and they get more motivated, you know, energized to, 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 to do that because it's harder. It's challenging, you know? And, and um, so that's, that's awesome, man. Oh, what you said about first and thirds, man. So like you do that even in a first and third situation. So instead of having your catcher throw. So yeah, for, you know, you're working on that, that cut, you know, the cut play, you know, where you're crashing and trying to throw the ball home or even, yeah you know, um, throwing straight through, you know, rather than have if you've got two or three catchers there and you do first and third defense for 15 minutes, you know, that can be taxing on their arms. Um, the infielders get a better read because the ball is going to be at the same spot every time. It's going to be at that, that level that where we can cut it. Um, it just really improves, you know, the pace of the drill. Now we do have our catchers throw, obviously, but we just don't have them throw through every time. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it gives our, our middle guys a better read. You know, the ball's on the bag. The ball's in a spot where it can be cut. We have our outfielders running at third, and they, we just tell them to be instinctive. And sometimes they don't move. Sometimes they take off. So our middle guys really get a good read, whether it's the shortstop compressing and coming and get it, or it's the second baseman crashing in front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just other good creative ways of being able to use it, you know, and you can get multiple reps. And so, like you said, you always know what you're going to get too. So those things, are pretty, those things are pretty dialed in too, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you dot it up. I'll tell you, the best drill we've done, and my catchers hate it. Um, you know, dirt ball reads, really effective in high school. 
you know, you can, you know, take that free 90 feet. Um, if you're an instinctive base runner, my best guys aren't my fastest guys. It's just the guys that read that down angle and take off. Um, so I'll put a screen on the mound with a tarp over it so they can't see the hack attack. Cool. Catchers are at home plate. So I'm either throwing, you know, I'm adjusting the, the level. I'm either throwing a, a, an 80 mile an hour fastball and they're sticking it or I'm dropping the angle and it's a dirt ball. Um, and the runners can't see it. So they're reading the down angle of the ball and they're right. reading the language of the catcher. And as I said before, you can understand why the catchers hate it, but it's, <laughs> it's a really, really effective drill. And I think it's made us better. Um, I think the kids take pride in doing it again. My, one of my, you know, not fastest kids, the first baseman, he's probably got 10 dirt ball reads and he loves it. And our dugout goes nuts just because they know it's important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is. Mm-hmm. So how else? Um, how else are you utilizing the, uh, like the technology during practice? I know you said like you'd have station work and just the other things. Are the other things just as just as useful? As far as what? Just uh, machines and radar guns and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just we have an ATEC, we have a hack attack. So when we do fly, fly ball communication, we go double barrel. We go right side, left side. Cool. Um, and I'll put actual four outfield stations. So there'll be center field in the left center gap, center field in the right center gap. That way the guys are just getting crazy touches. And you said being competitive, the corner guys love it when I'm shooting them close to the fence and they got to make that read, you know, or when you shoot that ball in kind of no man's land and everybody's converging on it. Um, it challenges the guys. and I think they like it. Um, as far as other technology, you know, we have some pocket radars and stuff like that. We're not crazy about going down in the bullpen and doing that. But as far as, you know, exit velocities off front toss, um, and T work, we view that as a valuable piece. I mean, I talked, you know, you go back and talk to your college coaches. I try to get out there and talk to college coaches in the area and talking to the coaches at Maryland, you know, if they put their guys on a T or front toss, they feel like if they have a radar gun on it, um, it's just a guy trying to generate as much power as possible. So not necessarily, you know, fixing stuff. They're just learning how, what moves generate more force. Um, so we try to utilize that. So, if we're doing hitting stations in the cages, it's not just hitting off a tee. It's not just front toss. There's going to be instant feedback. So the guys know, all right, that swing felt good. That generated, you know, whatever number off the, uh, the exit velocity. They do something a little different. If that number goes down, they know not to do that again. If that number goes up, all right, they know that's a move that they should be making. Um, so we like giving the hitters just, you know, feedback. Absolutely. That's awesome. Now you got a multiple then pocket radars. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the ABCA, the convention, they had an awesome deal this year for a week or two. Mm -hmm. So I jumped on that. So we got some of the normal ones, and I got one of the video ones. Mm -hmm. And we, I don't think a radar gun has come out in our bullpen all year. And just using from Missy offensively. Just yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You get down in the bullpen and pull a radar gun out. I, just bad habits start to form. That's just my eyes. Um, yeah rather have the kids locate and you know he, spin balls and try to throw you probably use it like i get i mean it's probably helpful like during tryouts and things like that just to kind yeah, of see objective feedback if you're right. you know having to release kids and being able to give them information yeah but you know as well, far as day-to-day -day in practice we don't typically do that yeah yeah there's times for that it's definitely yeah for sure unless you're maybe building a guy up who's hasn't got you know yeah totally understandable there for sure do you anything like will that be anything in the games? Like will you will you take that into the games at all to try to get any reads or do you guys chart any of those things during a game? So not necessarily velocities and times. I mean, obviously, you know, 
we're keeping track of the other kids, you know, information catchers, pop times and things like that. You know, we chart tendencies, you know, we have, we have spray charts from, um, you know, even though there was a year off, if there was a freshman or sophomore up on varsity, we've got all their bats. We keep a notebook on that. We like to go in as prepared as possible. Um, coach keys takes care of that. He's our pitching coach. He was the 2019 assistant coach of the year. He's, he's awesome. Um, so when our kids come to the dugout on game day, you know, there's spray starts for every kid that could possibly get in that game. Um, our outfielders are a really mature group. You know, you hear them go to the spray chart and the center fielders talking, hey, when this kid comes up, you know, you're going to go, you're going to move up. I'm going to shade to the opposite side. I mean, just there's a plan and the kids have bought into that. They like that, you know, they're prepared. Um, you know, it just, you know, and it's an advantage. Um, and it's it's not that hard just keeping track of that stuff during games. Um, but it's just a good way of, of not going into a game blind. Oh, for sure. Is there anything like specifically you guys like to track or like you have game any kind of game goals? Um, the, the number one thing we chart for our guys, um, our fastballs taken for a strike. Um, so fastballs taken for a strike offensively for a strike. Um, because my biggest thing is we can't take the best pitch of our bat. Um, so we chart that we chart, you know, especially in go counts, you know, two Oh, two, one, three, one. Um, when guys are doing that and then generally, you know, at the end of a game or at the end of a, a week or a season, the guys that take a lot of fastballs for strikes generally are not as successful as the other guys. Um, so, you know, we want them to be aggressive in the zone. We teach, you know, to kind of shy away from, from off speed stuff, um, until there's two strikes, but, you know, attack fastballs in the zone. Um, and again, it's the, the feedback we've gotten from our charts is the guys that take more fastballs for strikes generally do not produce as well as guys that are aggressive. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome. So, and then how do you like, how do you help build that? Like, let's say you have a kid struggling with that. How do you build that? Like in your, in your practice? I mean, just conversations, you know, around the BP turtle or in the cage, you know, if we're noticing some things um, and it's, it's game to game, it's player to player, you know, it could be, you know, Trey, we noticed you took, you know, a center cut fastball and then the next pitch we swung on a breaking ball in the dirt. You know, we need to know the zone. Um, we need to recognize, you know, what, what I teach with breaking ball recognition is if you see anything different out of the hand, just take the pitch because it's probably going to be um, something off speed. You know, we don't face too many guys at tunnel pitches where it looks the same, you know, coming out of the hand. Um, so just just conversations and getting feedback from them. What you see? Um and it's the conversation is not the same with every kid because we've had some talented kids go through here where basically what I'm telling the team, I'm going to tell him it's the opposite. You probably need to sit breaking ball yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, work backwards. So, you know, as far as a general hitting philosophy, you know, we've got, we want to be aggressive in the zone. Um, you know, we get the barrel out early, you know, the high school misses being laid on fastballs because we're not ready to hit. Um, so foot down barrel out, you know, again, I tell my guys, for a high school season, and you know this, I'm not probably going to be able to change your swing. If you've got right. the, there's there's not enough time, you know. So we talk a lot more approach, you know, than the mechanics of a swing. Now, if there's a starting point that's, you know, we have way too much going on, yes, we'll quiet a hitter down. But as far as you know, major tweaks to, you know, mechanical issues, that's got to be done in the off season. We don't just have enough time. So we we spend a lot of time preaching, you know, approach rather than you know technique and actual moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, it's in the mental side, like that's where we can kind of just more bang for your buck. 
you know, you seem like a very uh, competitor back in your day. And, and I'm sure you have a me- the mentality to be the kind of player that you were, uh, you know, is that something that you've kind of helped carry over as well in your coaching? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think our coaching staff in general encompasses, you know, an intensity. They know it's, it's business when we walk through the gate. I'm not a yeller and a screamer. Um, but I think the kids know they can read my body language <laughs> in certain situations. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not going to be one of those old guys, you know, back when I played, we did this, this, and this. But, you know, the kids ask questions about all our coaches. You know, I've had the same coaching staff for 10 years and all the guys. That's awesome. Um, so, again, going back to my coaches, I am truly blessed. These guys can be varsity coaches anywhere in the state. And they chose to stay, you know, with this school and these boys. And they all played at very high levels. You know, they all played at a higher level than me. You know, we got two guys that played in the ACC, got to play pro ball. So the kids are good about asking questions. And it's not like we sit in the dugout and just tell stories and have them listen. Right. You know, time to time, the situation comes up where we're talking and, you know, the kids ask questions. It's just pretty cool. So they know all the, the coaches were high-level players. They're bought into them. You know, there's situations where in some programs, maybe, you know, only the head coach has clout. You know, I think my guys generally respect – you know, every, every coach in our dugout and they should, good Lord, they should. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, just a good situation. I think, you know, the culture and the temperature of our team and, and coaches is, is just really, really good right now. It's been that way for a long time. So, you know, I'm lucky. I hope it stays the same way. Yeah, absolutely, man. You've been extremely consistent. Yeah. Like that, another, another great uh, commonality between the great program, great teachers that, you know, programs, coaches that I've talked to is the consistent, the consistent assistant coach. You know, and you can consistently get those, like, those are telltale signs of a great program. For sure, man. For sure. That's awesome. So, yeah, I was just thinking, like, um, just just when you think of, like, the, uh, the, a Sherwood player, you know, when they come out of the – they come out of Sherwood, uh, a player that leaves you, like, what kind of player, you know, are, are you trying to uh, mold that comes out of your program? Um, I mean, so when we get these kids and we're working with them, you know, the idea is to – develop ta- talent and win championships. And I think along that process, I think we do a pretty good job of preparing the kids for college. You know, we throw a lot at them. Um, you know, we call every pitch, we run picks through the dugout, you know, we're running the offensive plays through the wristbands, which are a lot of colleges are doing. Um, you know, a lot of the concepts that we teach are, you know, higher level. We're not just, you know, hitting fungos, taking BP and rolling out. Um, you know, we're working on things. Um, so I just think, you know, a kid that comes out of Sherwood and, and wants to play in college, I really do think, you know, he's mentally prepared for that. Obviously, if you're going to play in college, you got to be physically gifted. Um, but, you know, I'm sure some kids get to a college campus and fall ball starts and they start talking different things and, you know, the wheels start spinning. I feel like my kids have a pretty good grasp of the game um, when they get out of here. I, I even think, too, another thing that comes to mind is just your preparation. You know, like you said, the cut, the, the practice plans up, the kids know it, they know what to expect. And then when you hit the ground running, you know, uh, I'm sure that's another way that they're definitely prepared. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. So I mean, they'll put that in there, practice preparation for sure. I think that's huge. One of the biggest like compliments that I've gotten from former players in the program was that they were ready for practice. Like they were ready to compete and they, and like, and sometimes like we did, you know, there were, there were times there were guys came back and said, we did more practice in high school, you know? And I'm like, that's such a big compliment for me. Um, and then just to know that I, I thank you, coach. Thanks for helping me get, get prepared, you know, for that level. Absolutely. No, I did. It's, it's honestly the, 
one of the first questions I ask the boys when I see them for the first time after they come back, you know, one is how school going. Yep. Two, I'm like, you know, what do you guys, almost, what do you guys do different? What can I, what can I get from you? And more often than not, you know, coach, we're doing a lot of the same stuff you did. Like you said, sometimes, you know, whether it's picks or whatever, which is a favorite of mine, um, they're like, no, nah, we, we did more here. And I'm, you know, you feel good. You feel yeah. Good. It is, man. Cut from the same cloth, Sean. I can, I swear to God, I have the same conversation. Cause I'm like, hey, how you, help me get better. Help me get better. What can I do better? What we get, What do you got for me? You know, like absolutely. Give me, a, give me a little taste. Oh man, cut from the same cloth, brother. That's awesome. So, dude, let's get in. So, like, I, I mean, I know some of your, some of your, uh, you know, opponents might listen to that. But like, is there anything that you could dive into picks that we can't, we can talk here, or should we just wait for to talk off air? <laughs> No, I mean, I won't get into the, the nuts and bolts. I just think, you know, high school base runners, there's always someone trying to give you an out. So we pay attention to details. And if someone's going to give us one, we're going to take it. Yeah. So, I, and I guess for me, like with the picks, is because I've always tried to put it in. You know, I'm going to try to put it in better, you know. And do you like to put it in? Do you put it in live? I'm sure you don't put it in live right away. But, like, you know, do you try to do it live as you, as you can, but then, you know, like you, the, the players know what the call is. It's tough. Like, yeah. yeah. Have an authentic, especially this year with no scrimmages. So yeah, normally, you know, we'll schedule seven or eight scrimmages and we'll tell the kids, we're going to put picks on, even if they're not there, just because the other team doesn't know it's coming. We want to see you trust it. We want to see you do it. Um, so no, you're, it's hard when, you know, you've got, you split your group in half and you do an inner squad and right. you know, most picks are from verbal and then you, you try to put it on and the, <laughs> the base runner gets a three foot lead and right. it's hard to do live and replicate live in practice. And that's when we do it in practice, you know, we try to throw base runners out there to do bad things because yeah. I'm so robotic. You know, if you do a third, the first pick, you know, the runner's not just sitting there every time. What if he takes off? What do we do? What do you know? <laughs> So we try to throw different stuff at them, but as you said, it's a little bit of a challenge um, in a practice or an inter-squad situation. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever, because I've seen it so most years with through verbals and then, because I've seen other ways like the cat, will the catcher call of them, you know, but then, it, you know, are you, are you mostly been successful with just the verbals? Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we do a, a lot of different things, some verbal, some through the catcher, some through the dugout, you know, there's, different ways depending on the situation and I, we change it as you go because you know you know you've played in the state championship and one one when you get to larger stadiums some stuff doesn't work you know oh, absolutely reason, you know kids can't hear you um so you got to change things absolutely no and that's what like, even the non-verbal stuff that we have to do because i guess what i would say like look we have to prepare for these games we have to prepare for these games that you can't hear anything. Like it's going to be loud. That's, that's what we're, so you have to have these nonverbals. And that's something I got from my first year. You know, we were lucky enough to get to the final four and play at Maryland. Well, I didn't know this, but all the stuff we do wasn't going to work. Um, so you, you, you write that down, you learn from it. And then, you know, as you get closer, you start practicing things different ways that are going to work in that venue. Mm-hmm. And if, especially if they were such a big part of your game, you know, but I even talk about like going back to fireball communication is that's why this is why we have to wave our arms, you know, doing so also a nonverbal or like, you know, you have a conversation or a pointing or a, or a, a sign because those nonverbals are huge in big games. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's when those things are magnified. Yeah. Yeah. Although every out matters. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm always trying to like just little thing, you know, like the picks for me are just one of the little things that I think there's more trying to get. I'm trying to get a little bit better at from a teaching standpoint, from finding a better way to put it in. You know, it's just I'm sure we can talk maybe more specifics, yeah, maybe talk all fair. <laughs> yeah, I had a guy. It was funny, like uh, Coach Marker, same same way. Like we just got rolling. And like it was just like oh, I think we're gonna take that out, you know. Like we got a lot of guys that's gonna <laughs> I'm gonna compete against. So it was awesome though. That's but that's what I love. I love the authentic, just true, like just baseball conversation, man. So that's awesome. Um, cool. Just thinking about like um, you, you you talked you talked previously like a little bit about because I, I just go back to like you being such a great player. Like you were like all time, what career leader in what three different categories of Frostburg. Yeah. I had a decent career up there. Yeah. And so like, just thinking about, you know, and like you said, and the players, the, the, the assistants that you have, the guys on staff are just as good. They have great careers themselves, but it sounds like, you know, everybody's trying to get better. You're trying these new things. You've got new technology where like, you know, all of you played in a time where you didn't have a lot of that, but like, you're still using it. So it sounds like guys are just trying to, keep up and 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 give the kids the best they can so has that always been the case have you did it change a certain time or did you have people and people that you learn from kind of the same way i just think it's kind of the evolution of the game you know the the good ones try to keep up with what's going on now i mean we we don't buy into everything every new concept and stuff like that but one i think it keeps you fresh you know the kids like it it's you know it's it's effective too. I mean, I, I don't buy into every new gimmick, you know, you, you're on Twitter too and probably follow the same baseball stuff I do. There's some stuff that I look at and I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. There's some stuff I look at, I was like, that could help us. Mm -hmm. um, so again, like you said, you want to keep, you know, your hand in the fire. You want to learn. It's just kind of moving with the game. I don't think you're going to be successful if you just do the same thing and don't change, you know, you can always make it better. You can always change something. Um, and again, just kind of keeps it fresh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So there wasn't any, so it, this has always been kind of how, how you were in your career. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, when I started as a young coach, obviously I was kind of feeling my way through and there's things that I still do that I think are good. Um, but, you know, if I go on YouTube or Twitter and I see a new drill that I think is good and, you know, I'm going to add that to the repertoire. If I think it's better than a drill I've been doing, then I'm going to put that drill in there. I mean, um, just trying to make yourself better, trying to keep it, you know, different for the kids, you know, they don't want to come through the gate every day and do the same thing. Um, you know, as you said, we played for guys that you walked in, you did some defensive fundos, you hit, you went home. Um, we try to, you know, change it, you know, obviously you're going to run similar practices at some point, but, you know, we try to keep the kids guessing and work on all different phases of the game, doing different drills. Um, and I just think it keeps, you know, energy up and, you know, engagement. Mm -hmm. Here comes the teacher side of you. <laughs> I think that's why that's why you know, it's good teaching is good teaching is good coaching um but yeah let's get into some of those so I, I, my question I, I love this and I love to hear where guys because I struggle with this and I think it's why I like asking it um because I'm with you like I'm I like the I like the content I like to try new things and keep guys on but at the same time like there's good things that we've done and they still have merit so what are some of the things like you said like that we still do. Like you said, like I've, I, I did these and I still do them, even though I'm, I might be adding things here and there. Um, just, I mean, I mean, if you look at our scores this year and you look at our scores over the past, generally, you know, the, the reputation for sure with baseball is we're going to pitch it well and defend well. 
So we spend time on fundos, you know, every day. And I try to come up with drills, um, you know, outfield and infield where the kids are going to get as many touches as they can in a short period of time. Um, so we have, you know, one drill we do a lot is we have a, a four rotation mass infield, you know, where the kids just get, you know, tons of ground balls with one infielder, you know, thrown across the first base. And there's a short first baseman where you're doing short twos. Um, and, you know, we'll do that with a JV um, a couple times a week because I can have 25 kids in the infield and we're still getting stuff done. So that's something mm -hmm. I've done for, you know, 10 years. Um, you know, any drill that I think is going to get a lot of kids, a lot of touches in a short amount of time, we'll continue to do. Um, you know, when we change things up, we try new drills. You know, it's it's funny. The coaches will talk afterwards. And, you know, I've been singing the praise of my assistant coaches. One of their best quality is how honest they are with me. Mm -hmm. you know, guys think of that. They'll tell me if they love it. They'll tell me if they hate it. Um, so, you know, that's another valuable piece. Um, but a lot of the defensive stuff, you know, the PFPs, you know, three rotation PFP, the four rotation mass infield, that's not going anywhere. Um, you know, like I said, I pride our, you know, our program on, you know, the ERAs and the fielding percentages we've had over the last couple of years. Um, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, you know, stuff like that's going to be in the practice plan a couple of times a week. Oh, yeah. So the three-man PFP, do you like to have three groups on the mound or do you like rotate them? So I'll have the pitchers in groups of three, mm -hmm. be three guys on the mound. So one guy on the first base side, one guy on the mound, on the rubber, one guy on the third base side. Now, obviously, the catchers are involved. Um, so you got a pitcher cover on the right side, a comebacker turning two, um, and then the pitcher fielding the butt and going to third. And then we'll go through that a couple of times. Um, and then we switch it up. We'll go the fungo to the right side is to the first baseman who's back. He initiates the double play mm -hmm. with the, uh, the shortstop pitcher cover, you know, playing first base. Then in the middle, we'll do the one, two, three double play. Um, and then we'll still do a bunch of third base. So mm -hmm. they're getting lots of touches, you know, with the pitchers. We tell them if you're, if you're, you know, one, when the ball leaves your hand, you're the fifth infielder. Um, but if there's a ball, kind of in play without pace in front of you, you did your job. Well, let's reward ourselves and get an out. Mm -hmm. um, and, our, and our big thing, especially with the, the pitchers is, you know, you feel the ground ball, you got to stay low. Cause you know, you see, you see that pitcher feel the ground ball, stand up straight and you know exactly where it's going. The arm's going to be late. Ball's going to sail up the line. So we do PFPs a ton. Um, Cause we tell the guys, you know, reward yourself. You know, if you have a ball in play with passive contact in front of you, you did your job. Now get the out. Finish the play, absolutely. Yeah, everybody kind of like that three man PFP. Everybody kind of runs a little, just have their own little thing on it. But yeah, that's solid, man. Solid stuff and good pace. You keep it rolling. You know, you can get it done for 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. With a lot of good pace, that's for sure. What is your, so what does your outfield do during that? Are they always just running or do you have another coach to be able to take them? So, to, I, coach Simons has been with me for 10 years. Um, he played baseball at Clemson most unassuming guy in the world. He's the only Clemson player who's four-time All-ACC. Mm. Uh, made it to AAA with the Yankees and Astros. Um, was just an unbelievable player and outfielder. Um, and he's, you know, speaking freely, I'm going to nominate him for assistant coach of the year. He's got, you know, the Sherwood outfield rules post in the dugout. There's 25 of them. Um, he just wears those kids out. I mean, when we're doing PFPs and we're doing, you know, defensive fundos and infield stuff, first and thirds, you know, I'll get lost in that for, for 40 minutes and then we'll get a water break. And I look at the outfielders coming back in and they are just gassed. <laughs> and again, we've all run practices by ourselves where we go outfielders just go hit in the cage. Yep. 
you know, I have the luxury of sending six guys out and they get better every day um, because of him. Hmm. Yeah, that is very, very valuable. And like you said, the reason that that's a big reason why you're probably, you're, you guys are catching the ball as well as you are. For sure. Oh, man, solid. Great stuff, buddy. Um, what's something that's really changed? So like, let's say you had a, a maybe a philosophy or something that you're like you did, you did do, and now it's changed and you kind of, you've kind of switched it up. Um, I, mean, I, I think you kind of look at the, the group of 16 to 20 guys you got, and then you, you figure it out. You know, one, all my lineups have always been, you know, defensively based. If there's, you know, two kids that are, you know, going to hit 250 and one's going to be a lights out defender, you know, the defender's going in the game. Um, but as far as offensively, I think we change our philosophy based on different things. You know, how do we swing it? There's years that we just absolutely mashed and I've kind of sat back and let the horses run. I'm not going to thing. There's hit and run squeezes just because we weren't going to generate whether we were young or, you know, didn't have the thump in the lineup. Um, so it's kind of always been, you know, let's pitch it well and defend. And then, you know, the group I have, you know, in the dugout, that's going to determine what we're going to try to do offensively. Yeah. Cool. It's very solid. Awesome. Um, culture, man. And like looking at culture. So sure. What it consistently comes up, you know, consistent, you know, is there, um, what are some things that, you know, as you kind of keep growing the culture, you know, here you are 10 years in as head coach, um, that you do to kind of continue to instill this culture of show of baseball. Um, you know, I think the, the consistency one goes, you know, I've had 10 years of, of wonderful players and wonderful families, um, you know, just supportive moms and dads, um, players are bought in, they're workers. Um, and, you know, our coaches, you know, we talk and reflect and, you know, what we try to drive home is that if the players know that you generally care about them, um, you can ask the world of them. Um, and I think our boys do know that. I think they know top to bottom that the coaching staff would go, you know, go to bat for them. Um, so there are times where we're hard on them and I, I think they, they get it and they, they know that it's coming from a good place. Um, you know, we're doing stuff that's maybe would be considered a little bit boring or maybe I'm on them a little bit about how drills going, you know, we try to drive home guys, you know, we're doing this cause I don't want to watch the seniors cry at the end of the year. You know, this is the stuff that's going to beat you. Does it matter, you know, on April 10th? No. Um, but when you get into this week, you get into playoff week, you know, that's why we're doing this. That's why we're, you know, we're doing this. So again, you know, as far as culture goes, I think it's a culture of respect and it's mutual. I think the players know that the coaches care about them and respect them as players and people. Um, and I think, you know, the players reciprocate that they do everything we've asked. And that's been for the last 10 years. Will you guys do anything like specifically to kind of even show them to kind of go above and beyond, like let's just say above like them just 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 saying it. Um, I just think, I mean, what we try to do is just run it top notch, make them feel. You know, a, full, a full fledged program, pop the bottom. Feel big league, so you know it starts, you know, in the fall. You know, we're in the weight room four days a week. Um, you know, I run all the weightlifting classes over here. So, you know, my rule is if you take a weightlifting class, I'm going to be with you for 45 minutes. You don't have to come after school. For those of you who are maybe taking health or you're a high flyer and you're taking that double period AP class and you don't have time to take phys ed, then I stay after school. Um, we do two-man workouts five days a week. You know, we have an indoor cage. 
Um, you know, I'm pulling two guys at a time. We're doing that. Um, so the time in the off season, you know, I'm putting in and, you know, I think the kids respect that. And I actually, you know, picked that up from longtime great football coach here, Al Thomas, um, who passed away. His thing was, which is, is genius. You know, if I won't, they don't. So he wasn't the kind of guy that was going to set up weightlifting sessions and have his assistants go. He said, I'm going to everything. They're going to know that I'm bought in, um, which I picked that up from him, you know, about 10 years ago. And I thought that was just great. Um, and then just little things from the, the banquet, my team parents, the team moms are, are unbelievable. Um, the senior day we run, the, the, you know, having the press box with the music going, trying to have a good facility and surface, you know, stadium seats. We just try to make it feel um, we want the game day and practice experience to be as good as it can. Um, and I really think the kids, you know, they appreciate it. You know, they know the coaches are up here, you know, on Sundays in November, edging the field and getting it ready. I just think everything is appreciated. I really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you, when you run a big league program and yeah, like you said, you just try to do the best you can within, you know, our state has a lot of limitations. We'll just put it that way. Uh, and then you just got to try to work within those limitations to yeah, make it as good as you can. Phenomenal. Awesome stuff, dude. Awesome stuff. So like speaking of that advice, man, you talk about if I won't, they don't. Um, was that, is that like the biggest piece of advice? Is there any other kind of advice that you've kind of gotten over the years that you've really hung on to? No, I mean, as far as like influence, you know, probably through, you know, some major guys. I grew up, my dad was a junior college coach. So oh, cool. That, Where at? at? He started the program at MC Germantown. Oh, sweet. Um, and gave it over to Tommy Cassera when I started playing in high school so he could watch me. So, I mean, I was in kindergarten and mom would drop me off at the field after school and I just, you know, lived it. I wanted my glove to look like his shortstops. I wanted to have a stance like his for, you know, just ate it up. Um, as far as demeanor, you know, I think my dad, very calm, um, could deal with people and still can better than anyone that I've ever met. Um, so I try to be like him in that sense. And there's times where you, you get a little hot-headed, maybe you don't do the right thing. But as far as dealing with players and dealing with situations in, in a calm matter, um, you know, I, I've taken a lot away from my father. Um, at Georgetown Prep, I coached with Kirk Crickstan, who's a longtime Maryland high school coach, Legion coach. Um, and as far as just X's and O's, I, I don't think I've been around a better baseball guy. Um, so those two guys had a huge impact on me. You know, demeanor from my father getting some, some X and O stuff um, from Kirk has been awesome. And then, you know, I, I coached with Billy Goodman, who I took over for, who I played for here at Sherwood, um, who was just, you know, a player's coach, old school, minor leaguer. Um, the boys loved him. I loved him when I played for him, loved him when I coached for him. Um, so those three, you know, I try to take the best of those three and try to morph it in, um, you know, to something. And like I said, those guys have had a huge impact on me. Awesome, man. So, and if you would look back to yourself, you know, when you first started, what kind of advice would you give, you know, yourself? I think, you know, as your young coach, you're trying to find yourself and maybe do some, some things that you look back. My, my, I guess the number one thing I would look back and tell myself to calm down in some certain situations, whether it's dealing with an official, dealing with a player, you know, again, I went back to what I, what I said at the beginning of the interview, you know, I'm not a screamer and a yeller. I think when I was 22, I probably was a little bit of one. Um, but you learn, you know, you start screaming, kids stop listening. So, you know, if I was talking to my 22-year-old self, first-year coach, I would tell myself to calm down. Mm -hmm. Cut from the same cloth, brother. Holy moly. 
Holy moly, that's great, solid, sound advice, man. Absolutely, man. Cool. Well, buddy, uh, if, if anybody else wants to talk some baseball with you, man, what's the best way to do that? What do you mean? Like uh, get in touch with you, want to talk about more 3 PFP or your picks or, you know, like they're struggling with something. Um, they could hit me up on Twitter. Cool. And uh, DM me or whatever. And, you know. What's your, what's your handle? It's um, Wood Baseball One. Wood Baseball One. Okay. Cool. And we could set something up. DMs are open. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm sure. Sure, man. People want to touch base with you and things like that, man. I, I really appreciate it, bro. This was great. Yeah, it was fun. Coach Sean Davis, Sherwood High School, just ripping it. And um, just really glad to get a great conversation with him. And we talked a lot even more off the air. And just great to hear just the, he, <laughs> our little bit of background is playing each other and, and uh, really cut from the same cloth of just his philosophies and how he's done things and and I just saw a lot of great connections. And he does a lot of great things that a lot of great coaches have uh, have said in the past 66 episodes. They've talked about preparing. they talked about the consistent assistant coaches. There's been common themes. They've talked about how they are adaptable. How they are caring for their players, all consistent common themes that these great coaches have mentioned. And Coach Davis is no exception. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he's definitely one of the best coaches in Maryland, in our area. And uh, sure, we'll just continue making a great name for themselves and running a really solid program. As we got to finally hear... Uh, on the episode so uh coach davis can't thank you enough man keep talking it uh for those who want to see more notes all the notes i took with our own podbean if you guys don't know that uh but if you check out podbean uh coach3cop.podbean.com that's where they're all at uh continue to share the episode you know if anybody feels that's going to help them get better but i mean that's what this is all about so again if you have not you're not following him on twitter you can follow him follow coach davis on twitter at wood baseball one dms are open feel free to reach out talk to him at wood baseball one on twitter so coach davis thanks again man appreciate you best of luck uh in the postseason thanks for taking the time here before his first round of postseason game too actually so um best of luck man can't wait to get that first one i know it's coming soon all right and all you guys thanks for listening keep sharing let me know how i get better any kind of feedback's great any guess that will be what we want uh, will be really valuable so appreciate you guys and keep getting better